This podcast contains sensitive content, which some may find disturbing. Information shared here should not be construed as medical advice. If you or someone you love needs help with trauma, chronic pain, or anything else we discuss here, please seek out a medical professional. All resources shared are for entertainment purposes only. All content represents the opinions of Kim and Anna and any special guests and do not necessarily reflect the positions of any organizations they work for. This is not ideal, but we're going with it. A mother-daughter podcast about chronic pain, trauma, mental illness, and more. Kim is a trauma therapist and certified addiction counselor who lives in Pennsylvania, USA. And her daughter, Anna, is a scoliosis sufferer and trauma survivor living in the tropical north of Australia. Join us each week as they discuss topics from their life experiences. Welcome to the show. Welcome. This is not ideal, but we're going with it. The podcast. I'm Kim and I'm the mom. And I'm Anna. I'm the daughter. And this episode, we have a very special guest with us by the name of Karen Swallow Pryor. Yay! Yay. Hello, Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor. How are you today? That's quite a welcome. I'm wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We are so glad to have Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor with us today. Okay, we're saying, we're saying, we're so excited to have her that we're saying her title way too much. (laughs) You can just call me Karen from here on out. All right, Karen. Karen, we are so glad to have you. And uh, Karen is the author of several books. She's a professor at Liberty University. And she is also a Weimaraner owner. Is that true? No way. That is true. Yes. Yes. And we also were Weimaraner owners before our dear beloved dog, Obi Joyful, died. (laughs) So he was... Which was his full name, Obi Joyful. Joyful, Yes. He was named after a mountain biking trail in Colorado. Yes. So tell us about... Can you tell us about your dogs? We've been wanting to know about them. Well, of course, that's really the most important thing. So let's uh, let's do that. Um, so I have a Weimaraner and a German short-haired pointer. They're very similar breeds. Wow. Their names are Ruby and Eva. And oh, here comes Eva. She can't, you know, they call Weimaraners Velcro dogs. Um, yes. yes, they can't be too far from you for very long. Absolutely. Um, and Ruby is a hunter, but Eva, the Weimaraner, is a, a rescue from a hunting home because she did not enjoy hunting or living outside. And so now oh. she's just a couch potato. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and you also have chickens, which I am dying to know about because as some of our listeners might remember from an earlier episode, as a child, I had an experience with a chicken where I was brought on a field trip to a farm And I love animals and I always have. And I picked up a little chicken and carried it around the whole day on the tour. And it (laughs) fell asleep in such a way that its tongue was actually hanging out of its beak and its eyes were open. I thought she killed it. (laughs) Its eyes were open and its head was like hanging off out of the crook of my arm. And my mom got so terrified. She goes, I I thought we were going to have to pay for it. And I put it down and it started squawking all over the place, walking around. So then I picked it straight back up. Yeah. 
back to your chickens, Karen. Why don't you tell us about yours? Well, I've I've had chickens for a number of years, and you know they sort of cycle in and out. Um, you know, so I just got some new ones to. Re- I had two, I was down to two, and uh, they weren't laying really at all. So I got um, oh. six more from a farmer friend of mine, and they've been quite productive, and they're very friendly, and they um, you oh. know I don't know why we call chickens chickens. We should call them pigs because really? they eat like I just they eat all of our leftovers. They wow. love it. Seriously. Yeah. They're leftover food. Oh my word. I had no oh, idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And wow. you live on a, it's an, uh, tell us about where you live. <laughs> <laughs> no, why don't you? No. <laughs> oh, I, wanted to, I wanted to say it's like hundred year old something, but <laughs> it, it, it wasn't coming together. So just go for yes. it, Karen. <laughs> I mean, and uh, anyone who follows me in social media, know they can, they can know, a lot about me. So I'm not worried about you being a stalker, really. Oh, good. Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, we live on, in a uh, home built in 1912. So it's wow. over 100 years old. Um, we just were able to, you know, it was the original sort of one of the original homes and on this road uh, it has been built up around us, but we've got um, nine acres and some surrounding land. And uh, it's in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. So mm. I can see them from my bedroom window and my front porch. It's lovely. That is lovely. Well, and first of all, we need to know, we need you to know that Anna and I are actually in the same location for today's interview. And so yes, we are. We are right next to each other and enjoying this interview of Karen. And one of the reasons we asked Karen to be on the show is while I was recovering from my accident, which happened on January 7, um, over a year ago, I saw a video of Karen talking about her own recovery. And um, it was at about a time that I was struggling with just understanding why this happened. And, you know, just it was such a comfort just to hear her words and that she was a little further along than I was. And just so thankful for her. Reached out to her right away. She responded and said, yes, I would be interested in that. And so we are so thankful um, that you have agreed to come on the program. And why don't you just open it up and tell us a little, Karen, about um, your own trauma and, and what made you want to decide to come on the program today? Sure. And first, I just want to say that I, I'm so glad to know that, that, that you saw one of the interviews I did and that it was helpful to you. Um, I didn't know your trauma was so recent. Um, just a year ago, mine's coming up on um, two years in May, so just over mm-hmm. a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. On May 23rd of 2018, I was in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I was there for a conference and was going to a meeting with my publisher uh, that morning before the conference began. And it was a beautiful spring morning. I was staying in this really lovely artsy hotel that was just a few minutes from my meeting place. And I Mm. decided to walk um, and uh, ended up getting lost um, using one of those Google Maps things, which, you know, I'm hmm. not good with technology and should probably have tried that in a strange city. <laughs> and um, I had left myself plenty of time, but I decided to just walk back to my hotel and, and get a cab so that I, you know, because I realized I didn't know where I was going. And so I turned around and I um, stepped into a crosswalk and I didn't see the bus until... Um, it was too late and it hit me. Um, and so I, um, you know, I don't remember those few minutes. Um, wow. when I woke up, I just woke up to the sound of people's voices. I, I mm-hmm. 
couldn't see anything. And they said an ambulance was coming and the ambulance came and took me to Vanderbilt Hospital. My, you can imagine I was, you know, um, a day's drive away from home and mm-hmm. my husband is a school teacher. And so he got the call at school um, that I'd been mm-hmm. hit by a bus and had to drop everything and and come out there. And I was uh, in Vanderbilt for eight days. I had a fractured spine, broken ribs, um, a fractured pelvis, collapsed lungs, and something else, I think. <laughs> but ribs, spine, pelvis, uh, and lung. Oh, and a, and a uh, head wound. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, yeah, I spent eight days there and then came home and um, began the recovery. Uh, um, miraculously, I was able to, to come home and have home health care and a hospital bed at home instead of going into a rehabilitation center. But it was still um, months of recovery and not being able to walk until my um, pelvic fracture healed. And mm. um, so that, as I said, that's uh, coming up on two years ago. Wow. Now, I, I, that is such an incredible story. You know, it's such a difficult time adjusting once you do come home. You know, it's like you're coming home to a place that you're so familiar with, but with an entirely different body, with entirely different mm-hmm. abilities or disabilities. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, is there something, anything specific that maybe, I mean, even your husband or someone in your family did that was particularly helpful for you or even something that you did that was particularly helpful for yourself there during that initial recovery once you went back home? Yeah, you described that so well. I mean, of course, when you're okay. you're in the hospital, you want to go home, right? And so, yeah. but then you get home and as you said, it's a completely different embodied experience. Um, yeah. So my, there were, well, there were a number of things. So um, first of all, my, my heroic husband um, <laughs> came home a day ahead of me. I had to become, I had to come home on a um, medical transport on a gurney. Okay. Um, and so we had to hire one of those. So he, and then he came home ahead of me and in two days built this wonderful, solid, beautiful ramp, um, because, you know, I had to get into the house and, and of course, and then on this way home, picked up a hospital bed because, you know, our bedroom is upstairs and I wasn't going to be allowed to (laughs) walk or use stairs for months. And so, um, so we set up, he set up the hospital bed in our front sitting room, just you know, filled with antique furniture and books and the hospital mm-hmm. bed just fit so well there. <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so he had to do all of that preparation in, in a day or two. And, uh, and then of course, um, do all the care for me. I mean, I, mm-hmm. he made yeah. all, well, I, he served me all my meals. We had friends and family that, you know, that provided many meals for us. So that was such a, a blessing. Yeah. And um, my parents, um, we actually several years ago built them a home on our property. And so they live, you know, in our, literally in our backyard. And wow. so they were here to help. And uh, because no one would leave me alone for a, a while because I, yeah, I, I couldn't be left yeah. alone um, hmm. for quite a, quite a while because of the medicine and the pain and just the inability mm-hmm. yeah. to move yeah. around. Um, so that just gives you an idea of what it was like initially. I mean, I just, I needed home, home care from my mm-hmm. family and then, you know, the yeah. therapists and nurses that came in. And something you said in your video was this idea of needing, suddenly needing, being such a strong woman who's leading and writing and teaching and lecturing and going here and there and to suddenly be put in that position of needing so much. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. I mean, it was a very dramatic 
change for me. I'm someone who's never um, had any physical injuries, never been hospitalized other than for just, you know, like minor outpatient surgery. Um, I've never had a baby, so I've never even been in the hospital for, you know, for something like that. Or, um, and so it was, it was very, very different. Um, Mm -hmm. and to be so vulnerable and to be so reliant on other people Mm -hmm. for everything. Now I will say, you know, it's, you know, unless you've been in the situation, it, it sounds different from the outside. But I mean, and I don't mean this to be as as funny as I'm going to say it, but there were a lot of drugs involved. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so that obviously changes everything. Yeah. In you know, um, so it softens, I think, some of the impact. Um, yeah. But that's actually that's another part of it. Is I, you know, I'm a reader and a writer, and um, when I started to feel you know better enough to know I was going to live and I would just have these months of recovery ahead of me, I thought, well you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be lying around in bed most of the time. I can get a lot of reading and writing done. And that, you know, that sounded good to me. Well, no, right. uh, yeah. those, the effect that those drugs have on your mind, you are not your sharpest and, um, and just existing was exhausting and often painful. So um, it wasn't, you know, I didn't even get the, the, the benefit that I thought I might uh, during those months of recovery. Yeah. The silver lining that you thought you'd found yeah. was not there yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah, we were actually just talking on our way back from the airport about apparently my mom, actually conveniently, another podcast. My mom was playing another podcast at my hospital bed while I was in the immediate recovery of my spinal reconstruction surgery uh, in 2018, late 2018. And she was talking about it on the way home. And I said, oh, that sounds like such an interesting podcast. What's that about? <laughs> we had listened to the entire <laughs> Uh, and I, like three seasons yeah. and she had not remembered a single not word. A single, wow. Not even the premise. Didn't even ring wow. a bell. Like, no, <laughs> wow. no deja vu. So we're, about to, we're about to go on another road trip uh, here. <laughs> and so we're going to re-listen to it for the, for the second time, <laughs> my excited. third time. I'm so. excited. And for me, um, it was really surprising that part about reading. Like uh, for me, the um, my head injury, I had a concussion. And so they they said, you're probably going to have a hard time reading. And I could not believe how tired reading made me just because of yeah. this concussion. So it was mm-hmm. it was really discouraging. I'm still having to get back into reading. Wow. <laughs> well, that might just be your lifestyle. <laughs> well, that's true. But don't tell that to Karen. Oh, okay. She wants us to be good readers. All right. Well, so. I did have one a little bit slightly more serious question. Although with all the talk about the medications that we were all, we were all on, obviously that is plays a part in this as well. But Karen, I wanted to ask you whether it be in your in your time actually at hospital or, you know, in those initial months being back home, did you ever experience uh loneliness even though there were so probably a lot of people constantly taking care of you? I just was wondering if you ever experienced any kind of loneliness because I know that that's something that I really dealt with even though there were people near me, I felt extremely isolated because I knew that nobody else had actually been through what I had been through. And so even though they were near me, they weren't really with me, if that makes sense. Hmm. So I was wondering if you'd experienced anything like that. That's a good question. And I think in a way I experienced something that's almost the opposite. Um, I was afraid that, I mean, I had I had a number of friends. Uh, I had two friends who live across the country who dropped everything and came to, to be mm-hmm. with me in shifts um, and um, help around the house. Local friends did the same thing and had a lot of visitors um, it probably sometimes 
that was a, a little tiring, but it was well, it was welcome, <laughs> but tiring. Um, Definitely. I was afraid that because I couldn't, um, obviously I couldn't drive, but I couldn't even, I wasn't going to be riding around anywhere either, except for to the doctor's appointments and then eventually physical therapy. But I was afraid that I would um, feel, get stir crazy and, and feel isolated. And it was actually almost the opposite. I, I actually still today I I nested in my home and I enjoyed being home to the point that where it was almost like I was fearful about going out again and getting back to my normal mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um and even now I have less anxiety about traveling because I used to have it so that's kind of that's maybe that's because I've worked through something but I still wow. I hate to I hate leaving my home and um when I return there's just a sense that it's a good welcome relief to be home, but there's also like this every time I come home because I still travel a lot. I I just have this sense of I, I'm reminded of the time that I didn't come home until it was in a medical Aww. transport, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's a little bit um, good and bad when I mm-hmm. come home every yeah. time. That is so interesting as well. What you said about your anxiety uh, coming back here just you know in the last two days. I've been so anxious. That's so interesting how you said that, you know, you've been kind of experiencing a bit of the opposite of what I experienced. And this is another thing. That's so interesting. So I guess maybe it really can change the way that you feel anxiety that way. Trauma is just a strange, strange thing, isn't it? It's very strange. Yes. And and getting into that a little bit, um, anything really surprise you about trauma? So one of the things we talk about sometimes are like anniversaries how our bodies remind us of anniversaries before our brains do. Mm. Um, have you had anything like that that's surprised you or been, you know, even shocking to you? Yeah, there there have been a, a few things. I would say um, the the first thing is that, you know, I, I'm pretty well read and I talk to a lot of people and I go to conferences and I'm informed. And so I read and heard much about trauma and victims of, of various kinds of trauma. And I really did not understand what it was until um, I experienced it. I didn't understand how involuntary it is, how illogical it is, how out of your own control it is. I have to admit that I'd always been kind of a person who was thought, well, you know, it be rational, be reasonable. Don't, you know, something happened long ago. It's not going to happen again. But the the kinds of visceral responses that I have to little triggers um, mm-hmm. of the accident, um, you know, I, I some of the first ones when I was still recovering was just simply watching a movie or a television yeah. show where there was a crash. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's what I watch or what, but there are a lot of crashes, there are so many <laughs> a crashes. lot. Yeah. And then, you know, after my, after I recovered and I was able to run again, which I, I love, um, but it's, there's, there are involuntary responses that I have to oncoming traffic. I mean, it's decreased some, but at first it was, it was pretty hard. Um, and I couldn't really, you know, it was just, I had, fortunately I had read and I knew I just had to let my body react and it was fine. I didn't need to be rational or reasonable about it. Like I had thought before. Mm -hmm. Um, and then probably the weirdest thing that you mentioned, like the time of year, um, when a year passed by and it was became spring again, because it was such a beautiful spring day when it had happened and school had, it was just winding down. And so all of these things about my life at that time, 
um, just when that happened again the next year, I really, I, I, I didn't even know I was thinking about it. I was driving to work one beautiful spring day about a year later. And I would just started thinking about the hospital and the, and the people who came and visiting, not even necessarily bad memories, but I just started to cry and I'm, I'm not much of a crier. Um, but I went driving into school and I just started crying. And there were a few times when that happened and I, and, and then I realized I'm like, it's just, my body is reacting to the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, really precious to hear just that response of like, wow, I, I want to give my brain almost like not sometimes we can get mad at ourselves or get frustrated with ourselves. And just having that kind of kind response to yourself is so important. It's very important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that was said or done that you found particularly helpful to keep you again, in your case, getting out there moving forward with your writing. I know you've just published a book. Can you tell us the title? Sure. Well, I the one that came out um, a few months after the accident, I had just finished before, and that was called, yeah, it was on Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Books. And then um, I have ones coming out right now um, that are, um, <laughs> um, well, we're recording on a Sunday and they'll be coming out that Tuesday. And it's wow. coming Tuesday. Well, actually, they're republications of two classic works of literature, Jane Austen's Sense and Sensibility and Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. And I've written oh, introductions for them and, and reflection questions. And I'm, I'm doing a whole series of, of six works. And those are the first two that are coming out. Wow. That's fantastic. Wow. So you, you, got, you had to get back right in with mm-hmm. all of these things. Anything anybody did that really helped you or, or motivated you or was helpful? Well, as I mentioned before, the the meals that, you know, people brought um, for, you know, a couple of months, really, um, almost every day to the house were that that was extremely helpful. Um, And again, that's something that, you know, we all have meal trains, you know, in our churches and our workplaces. Mm -hmm. And I've just never really realized how important they are to someone Mm -hmm. who is going through something. I mean, more for, you know, because my husband was taking care of me. And that took so much of his time that for him to have that break. And then when I had to return to work, um, I, you know, I had to, it was, I was soon going to be able to walk again, but, um, the first week I had to be in a wheelchair and then after that, um, a walker. And then after that, a cane and, I had so many people who had to help me, you know, with um, carrying things or getting Mm -hmm. to place to place. And, um, and that was, that was a very big hurdle for me to overcome um, Mm -hmm. because I was Mm -hmm. determined to go back and the help that I got was and support was really, I mean, I I couldn't have done it without that. Yeah. It really, it really gives you a new lens to see the world through that level of need, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I at least knew, I knew when I was going to be able to walk again. I knew and it was right. a relatively short period of time, you know, compared to other people's trauma. And if it had been long, I mean, it was hard enough. I cannot imagine what it would have been like for mm. it to be either longer or indefinite, you know, people yeah. who don't know if they will be able to resume a normal life again. Um, I just, I can't imagine that level of uncertainty and adjustment. Wow. Yeah, it really builds that compassion. And you also broke your back. I have a broken back also, which may require things down the road. Do you have anything ongoing from the accident um, in your future that you need to do? Or are you good to go at this point? 
Well, I have a um, a pelvic, a gigantic pelvic screw um, that goes all the way across my pelvis uh, that's in there, and um, that will always be there. And that's the area where I do um, feel occasional flare-ups. And again, traveling is, I can walk and run, and that's wonderful, and do all kinds of exercise. But sitting, sitting. for a long period of time yeah. is, um, and my back is getting stronger, but that pelvis area, I mean, I just, I don't know if it will ever, I'll ever not have, um, you know, ongoing soreness yeah. or pain. Um, but oh, I'm so that's sorry. all. Yeah. What do you, that's what do you terrible. do when that comes up? Like for me, when that comes up, like when, when you get through that initial, I'm, I'm a little behind you in my recovery. So mm-hmm. when you, you get through that initial phase and you're able to walk again, you're able to do stuff again, you're able to carry your stuff, but then you realize, Oh, my body is never going to be the same. Um, what, what do you do with that when that hits you, if it hits you at all? Well, you know, what really hit me, I think is, um, the nonlinear kind of progression (laughs) that the body goes through. So it was hard for me was feeling better for a period of time and then doing something that exacerbated it and being set back and then feeling frustrated and, afraid that it wouldn't get better. And so there were some other times where I, um, I wish I, you know, I called my physical therapist. It was about over a year later or something. And I said, am I ever going to get better? Mm-hmm. Um, or am I going to just, and he, he just said with your injuries, you know, you probably will get better, but it's going to take longer than this. And so that was reassuring and I do keep getting better, but there are steps back. And that's, that's what I think I've had to mm adjust to that it's not like every day you get better it's you know you're you're going to have some steps backward and you need to not be discouraged by that that's the kind of thing I've had to tell myself um I still think I'll probably end up being um you know you know as I am now I'm you know I'm pretty I'm pretty good I I may have a flare-up again um but now in in full disclosure I've kind of reached the age where uh (laughs) I probably should expect aches and pains anyway so I can blame it I can blame it on the accident or I can just say well you know we're we're all going through that Yeah. yeah and along that same line as far as you know, trying to trying to know what to expect of your own body and trying to remain hopeful and optimistic, you know, even when you have a setback. I, I wanted to ask specifically, have you, you know, we've been asking what's been helpful so far in your recovery, but did you ever experience something particularly unhelpful or even harmful that someone said or did, or even uh, like your own internal dialogue? Did that uh, ever, you know, was that hurtful or harmful towards you, do you think? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and... I really can't think of anything. Um, oh, that's great. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah I, I really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about you? Have you? I want we to hear. Other hand. Oh, boy. Karen, <laughs> could we tell you some stories? <laughs> well, well, please share at least one. I want uh, to hear. Well, and and the, listen, the listeners need to hear. <laughs> well, they, they've, pro- they've actually probably, they've yeah. heard a whole season one, Karen, of us yeah. talking about what we did wrong. Yeah. But, but um, Karen, I'll, I'll give you the truth of the matter, at least to me. <laughs> oh, no. I'll level with you, girlfriend. The truth for me, the hardest thing has been people who are meaning so well, and they've got such well-intentioned hearts uh, coming up and essentially accidentally totally invalidating all of my pain and suffering by saying that uh, if I just had more faith, 
uh, or if I was praying in the right way that all of my pain would go away and, and oh. you know, or perhaps that I need to, that surely there must be some sin that I haven't confessed yet. And that's why I'm oh. suffering today. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not, nothing. I don't, tra- I don't travel in those circles and maybe you should stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl, it wasn't oh. a choice. I didn't realize. It's one of those things where you wow. don't realize you're in one of those circles until the damage is already right, done. Right, right. Oh, Started wow. Proactive and mm. talking through that too. And I think being used. Yeah, and by proactive and talking through, what that ends up looking like is stop. <laughs> then I walk hey. away. <laughs> that good for you good for yeah, you that, wow that, that actually comes a little bit in the difference between being in an accident right because i think yeah people who are in accidents don't get that quite as much yeah. right With, but if it's some other sort of illness right. yeah that's a good point i mean mm-hmm. accident is accidental as opposed to you know other things that can have yeah. the, the the shadow of judgment cast upon right. one that's more right. easily yeah, yeah. I would say internally, uh, something that I think I have done a misstep was pushing myself too hard too quickly. Mm. Um, mm. And so I, I don't know if you felt you did that or if somebody held you back. I had some people that really held me back, which was extremely helpful um, and mm. really continue to, you know, check in with me, make sure, you know, hey, what about, you know, what about this? Is this a little much for you right now? Because I'm still quite fatigued. Um, at times. So I don't know if you've had any of that mm. kind of a thing or. I, I, I think I probably pushed myself too much. Um, I definitely erred in that direction. Yeah, I, I had to, especially when it came to travel, there were a couple of things, there was at least one thing I had to cancel. Uh, and I don't like doing that. And, um, and I think I, it wasn't that people, I, I needed some people to talk sense into me. I'm not really stubborn. Um, but it was just needing to kind of have my perspective corrected um, by people around me that, you know, hey, you know, you've been through a lot, you don't have to go do this thing. And you need to slow down. Um, mm, yeah. And so I you know what, I, I have a funny story. I, I just something just happened that was, yes, uh, that was not helpful. And I these things I take, I just don't take them seriously. So I didn't really think about it. But just within the past week, um, on my Facebook page, um, in a discussion over women's roles in leadership in the church, or I, I think as oh, yeah. someone literally um, set, you know, asked me, what was I doing when I got hit by the bus? And if I hadn't oh, been doing that, then maybe that wouldn't have happened. And oh, um, I mean, my friends jumped all over oh, him, but. Um, oh, him too. Oh yeah. He's batting a thousand. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my so word. yeah, th- those people are out there. They aren't they? Yeah, and that's yeah. um that's a shame, but hopefully we can help them to grow and learn too, maybe. Yeah, oh, that's what a, such a, that's what a such mature a gracious, response. Yeah, yeah how is, gracious that of you. That is great. Yeah. <laughs> now I did want to ask uh one way in particular that your trauma has changed your life going forward, you know, like because of this. Um, you know, I can't say that it's one big dramatic change, mm-hmm. but I mean, I've, you know, I, I have lived my life for the most part trying to serve the Lord and to do his will. Um, but after the accident, I think I, I can do that with more con- even more confidence and mm-hmm. trust in him because he saved my life. And he, 
he must have other things for me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I'm still here. And so there's just a greater trust, I think, in mm -hmm. him and a sense of security and, and faith that he's working in my life. And that's all I want is what he wants. Mm -hmm. And, and I wanted that before, but I think it was more of a, of a mental and intellectual decision. And now it's just something that I, I, I know in my muscle and bones. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really the point of the podcast. Um, you know, that sometimes these kind of things actually enable us to keep going forward in ways we may not have been um, prior. Um, yeah, and they so... open new doors. Oh, <laughs> pun intended, prior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your brain is way faster than mine. <laughs> it's in the making dumb jokes stage because of how tired I am okay. after all those flights. Karen, anything that you want to say to people who have been through trauma um, that you just want to leave us with, close us with tonight? But if not, no pressure. That's kind of a big... Yeah, no, I, I do. I just want to repeat something that came up earlier because it really is important is that that you need to be kind to yourself mm -hmm. and let your body and your mind and your emotions go what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you will stop there or that you won't overcome it, but you just have to um, let yourself respond the way you're going to respond and get through that. And, um, it will pass, um, and it will come again, um, but it will pass and just yeah. let, let that be. Thank you so much, Karen. Yeah. And could you just give us your website and anything you want our listeners to know so they can learn more about you? Sure. I have a, a website, karenswallowprior.com. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter, KS Prior, K-S-P-R-I-O-R. I'm, I'm pretty active there, way too active. But, yes, um, you are. I, I, like... <laughs> I see you every day. <laughs> so that's where you that's where you can find me wonderful thank you so much karen yes, and we you. will close now this is kim the mom signing off we'll see you guys next week and i'm anna the daughter signing off and please what <laughs> we're, we're sitting, we're I'm, sitting. Gonna, I'm pointing at karen that's, oh, the screen is karen I, okay, make sure I you see. let karen sign just off hold, just Sorry. hold on Go ahead. i'll let karen sign off my word. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to say I'm Anna signing off. And before I hand it over to Karen for her sign off, I want to give our website name, which oh, is yes. at not ideal podcast on Instagram and Twitter and not ideal.net on website on the internet. Yes. All right. And Karen, would you like to say goodbye? Thank you for having me. And I really hope that this um, program blesses some people out there. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so Karen. much, Karen. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for joining us today. Stay tuned for more podcasts from Anna and Kim on the new series, Not Ideal, But We're Going With It. Also, check out their new website at www.notideal.net.